Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to the telecast again this week. I'm thrilled and delighted to be with you. I am Evangelist Len Paxton, and we are here uh, in, the, uh, in the home office of our ministry in Traverse City, Michigan, reaching out again over Television 2, uh, covering the greater Traverse City area and all of northern Michigan. I am so thrilled and excited at the cards and the letters that we receive into the office uh, you have been a blessing to us for the last almost 13 years now. When we hit August of 2015, we will have been on the air for 13 years, and we've loved every second of it, too, let me tell you. Uh, there's nothing we could spend our time doing any more worthwhile, any more valuable, any more productive than studying the Word of God. And last week we started, we talked a little bit about redeeming the time, and that's... Uh, <clears throat> something that for quite some days the Lord has been dealing with me about. Uh, we get down to a point in our life, and sometimes it's many, many junctures in life, and, and we look back and we say, where did the time go? Uh, could I have spent it more wisely? Uh, could I have used my time better? Could I have used my resources better? Could I have given more to the kingdom of God? Uh, have I really given to those who have blessed my life with spiritual teaching? Have I really done all that I should. Uh, these questions, and, and listen, uh, friends, it's normal to have these questions. This is our lives. This is our trip through this planet on our way to everlasting kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so uh, the first and foremost thing that you need to do is be born again. And when you're born again, you become a child of God, and you are adopted into God's family. Praise God. The devil no longer has lordship over your life but Christ now because you've given your life to him and you've repented of your sin and you've received him by faith Christ now becomes your Lord and you have just now begun to learn how to live and, and what, a, what a wonderful life that it is I'm telling you it is just awesome and so I want to read um, again this week from Ephesians chapter 5 where we left off and, and then we're going to move on over real quick into the book of Revelation. Now this is not the start of our prophetic series, although it, it kind of is. This is the, a, a backdrop for it. This is um, my heart that led into wanting to do a prophetic series in this particular time. You know, when we conduct our meetings uh, across the country, and we have had some awesome meetings uh, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, Virginia, Illinois, um, Michigan. Uh, we, we've just had some great meetings, and I, I generally will preach a practical Christian living message in those meetings. I don't think I've really preached on prophecy that much in the last three or four years. Um, and, and the Lord has been stirring in my heart to preach on prophecy again for a while. And so uh, it won't be every... Uh, telecast. It won't be every service that we uh, minister in, but every, every once in a while we're going to try to bring a prophetic word from the Lord because the Lord is speaking prophetically. And when I say speaking prophetically, I'm not talking about, you know, giving you a word for your life. I've got a word for your life right here. Open up your book and there's a whole bunch of words in there for your life, okay? You don't need some guy uh, doing some incantation over you, giving you a word. That's not what we're talking about. When I'm talking about a prophetic word, I'm talking about the times that we're living in 
and what the Holy Spirit is saying He is doing in this hour. And uh, that comes, and, and anytime you get anything like that, it has to line up 100% with the Bible or it's not of God. And so uh, there's, there's a lot of things that I'll hear, you know, this is what God's doing or that's what God's doing, this is what the Lord's doing, that's what the Lord's doing. And I'll hear these things, and if it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's not of God. Now, um, it, is, it is a bit of wisdom to not be too hasty to say anything when you hear those things. It's, it's better to ponder them. It's better to pray about them. It's better to let the Holy Spirit reveal to you instead of you just, as soon as you hear something that doesn't sound right to you because it may be right and you just may not know it. And so don't put your foot in your mouth is what I'm saying. <clears throat> We've all done that too in our effort to, to, to defend the truth and to stand for truth in an age where truth lies falling in the street. You know, we said last time, and this scripture says it, let's read it from Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16. Uh, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we live in a day and age right now where truth is lying fallen in the street and trampled on by the feet of men many times. We, we live in a day and age where, in America, even. It's very unpopular to be a born-again Christian. It's very unpopular to stand up and say, as we have done over this telecast in our meetings across the country, Jesus Christ is the only way to get to heaven. He's the only way to be saved. There aren't two ways, three ways, five ways, or a hundred ways. It's one way, Jesus Christ. Now that's what the book says. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. And that's what we base our lives upon. That's what we base our everything upon is what does God's Word say. doesn't matter what my opinion is. doesn't matter what your opinion is. It matters what God's opinion is. And so what does the Word of God say? We, we live in a time where evil seems to be prevailing. Well, I've got good gospel news for you. Evil will not prevail. But the Bible says, let's before we read this here in Ephesians, let's go over to Luke. The Gospel of Luke, and I'll throw this in there. I wasn't going to go in this direction today, but let's throw this in. Um, we're in the Garden of Gethsemane now, and the soldiers come to get Christ. And uh, you know the story. He's, he's about ready to be crucified. He's about ready to die for the sins of the world. You know, Jesus wasn't murdered. He freely laid down his life for the sins of the world. But they come to him at night. And uh, here Jesus was all of this time. He was teaching in the synagogues. He was teaching in the temple. He was healing the sick. He was feeding the hungry. He was doing nothing but good. Nothing but good. And, and I'm going to say this. Uh, as, as, uh, as politically incorrect as it might be in today's world, I really don't care about political correctness. Christians started the first hospitals. They started the first feeding outreaches. They started the first benevolence and compassion organizations. Christians did. Christians did because of the love of Jesus Christ that's in our hearts. Hallelujah. Today they've tried to redefine love and make it mean accept everybody's belief. That's not real love. Real love will point out error. And real love will tell the truth. And real love will, will point the person to Christ. 
So, Jesus had done nothing but good. He was public about his entire ministry, just as I intend, and every true born-again Christian intends to stay public about our witness for Jesus Christ until the last breath that we take. I don't care if society is against it. I don't care if they label us as fanatics. I don't care if we're the scum of the earth to them. We might be, but we're going to rule and reign with Jesus too. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. And uh, so you can think and say and do to us just about anything you want to. As long as I have breath in this body, I'm going to proclaim Christ. And I'm going to do so unashamedly and unabashedly because that's the call of a Christian. Okay, Using wisdom doesn't mean uh, deny the faith. Some people use that as an excuse. Well, I just have wisdom and, and I just decided, you know, I'm going to say that I agreed with this person when I knew they were wrong. Well, no, you know, you know so, sometimes it pays to walk away, uh, but the Lord will have to lead you on that. But don't ever deny Christ. And don't ever uh, compromise what the Holy Spirit tells you to do or say in a, in a given situation. So here they come to get Jesus the middle of the night, the disciples fell asleep during prayer. You know, the, the, the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. That's us. I mean, admit it, you know. And so, they come to get Christ. And he says this in, in Luke uh, 22:53. He says, I was daily with you in the temple. You stretched forth no hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. And, and, and what did we read over here in Ephesians? Redeem the time because the days are evil. This is your hour. This, this is your hour. Enjoy yourself, sinner. This is your hour and the power of darkness. Enjoy yourself, liberal activists that want to bash Christianity and, and promote ungodly agendas. Enjoy yourself. This is your hour and the power of darkness. I mean... Enjoy yourself, crooked politicians that, that lie every time you open your mouth and won't tell the truth to the people and steal from the, the people that you rule over. Enjoy yourself. It's your hour in the power of darkness. Enjoy yourself, educators, that you're educating Jesus Christ right out of the hearts and minds of generations of young people. Enjoy yourself because this is your hour and the powers of darkness. I'm going to tell you, there's another hour coming too. This was, <laughs> this was the day before. Jesus was crucified. I mean, Friday, this is your hour and the powers of darkness. But glory be to God and the Lamb forever, Sunday's coming. I mean, Friday's going to pass. Saturday's going to pass. Your hour of evil is going to pass. The hour of the power of darkness is going to pass. Sunday's coming, and there's going to be a great getting up day, and there's going to be an awesome judgment day that you're going to have to stand in and answer to God for why you refuse to put your faith in Jesus Christ. That day will come. That day will come for you. We're not even talking about the end of the world there. The end of our world is going to come at some point. Someday will be last day for all of us. And we're going to stand before Christ. And we're going to give an account for the lives we've lived. And most specifically, we're going to give an account for what we did with Jesus Christ. 
So, you know, if you're dead set determined on killing Christians and putting them in prison and crucifying the Lamb of God, if you're set against trying to stop all things that pertaineth unto righteousness, joy yourself. But your hour is almost over. Jesus Christ is about to come back. Jesus Christ is soon to come to judge this planet. And I would not want to be in the shoes of anybody that didn't honor Jesus in that day. Praise God. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, that's actually a whole sermon that I preach called Sunday's Come. Hallelujah. I got, I got the idea off of old Dr. Jack Hiles, that great old Baptist preacher years ago that used to win so many to Christ. And that's what's missing in our churches today. I, I go into churches, uh, quite frequently I go into churches just as a visitor. Uh, on, on Sundays when we don't have anything on our schedule or whatever. And uh, I see the same faces every week, every week. And that's good. We want to see the same faces. But we also want to see some new faces. We want to see some souls being one to Jesus. We want to see some lives being changed. We want, to be, we want to see some hearts being melted by the almighty power of the Lord until their lives become flaming fires of evangelism as we're supposed to be from the Word of God tells us what a Christian is supposed to be. In too many cases, too many times, you can't tell the difference from these modern Christians and the world. You've got Christians arguing about is it okay to smoke pot? Now listen, I can understand they're having that conversation in, in the world. But you got Christians that can't decide whether smoking pot is wrong or not. You got Christians crying about all the time, is it right or wrong for me to drink alcohol? They can't understand, they can't decide. Well, read the Word of God. Get a relationship with Jesus Christ. You won't have to ask such questions. I'll tell you, it's wrong. Pot's wrong. Alcohol's wrong for a Christian. It's a bad witness. It's a poor testimony for Jesus. It's wrong. I don't care you like me or you don't like me. It's the truth. But we got churches that are, they can't tell the difference between right and wrong. How are they ever going to evangelize society for the kingdom of Jesus? in the day and age in which we're living in. We're talking about all kinds of foolishness. We're claiming all kinds of promises that were never given to us as the church. We're misinterpreting and misapplying and misappropriating Scripture. Trying to live our best life now because we're all that. Let me tell you something. You're not all that. And I'll further tell you that this is not your best life. And if it is, you are of all men most miserable, the Bible says. If we have hope in this world only, we are of all men most miserable. The church is following after the golden calf. The church is following after foolishness and calling it gifts of the Spirit. Stupidity. Where is the remnant, that remnant? Where is the church that's in the altar 
crying out before God to have mercy on the United States of America for her sins. Where are the preachers that have enough guts to get in their pulpit on Sunday morning and preach what thus saith the Lord instead of some book report or copy in some other preacher's style? Where are the preachers that have a backbone like a saw log that will get up and tell America to repent and tell Christians to get out of the bars, get out of the casinos, stop being like the world. You are a separated people. You're not an isolated people. We're to be out there with the, the world. We're out there loving the world. But we are to live for Jesus Christ in a standard of holiness that He outlines in the... Where are the preachers? Where is the remnant of preachers? that even bother to give altar calls in their churches anymore. Where are they? Oh, we'll give an altar call. Come get your prosperity. But I'm not talking about giving selfish altar calls. I'm talking about giving selfless altar calls. I'm talking about a church that will lay down its lives for the kingdom of God. We're going to get into that. And we may not get there this week, but we're going to get to it. Actually, we will. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, uh, not as fools. Don't, don't, don't get involved in this foolish debate. But as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It tells you right there. Now, now let's read the 18th verse, being that we alluded to this a moment ago uh, in our message today. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And that, as I told you last week, that in the Greek that says, be being filled with the Spirit. Be, be, be constantly being filled with the Spirit. Not with Jack Daniels and not with Pot. Be being constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Wow. Wow. Praise God. Spiritual songs. Not songs about some woman somewhere. Oh boy, you're meddling now, preach. Spiritual songs, hymns, praises. I don't understand preachers. I don't understand Christians that don't want to talk about Jesus. That don't want to talk about the things of God. They'll talk about how much they ate for dinner. They'll talk about how much, uh, you know, it, it cost them to go to the ice cream shop. Nothing wrong with going to the ice cream shop. Certainly nothing wrong with eating dinner. They don't want to talk about the things of Jesus Christ. They want to be accepted by the world. Let's just be honest about it. Let's take the mask off and call it what it is. We want to be so accepted by the world that we don't want to mention Jesus in an inappropriate setting. Let me tell you something. According to the Word of God, there is no inappropriate setting to mention Jesus. Glory be to God. He is to be our everything. 
Jesus is our all in all. He's the center. He's the circumference. He's everything that we need and that we are as believers. We should be talking about Him constantly and enjoying doing so. Praise God. And so we understand that these things... We, the Bible tells us that we don't have to debate what the will of the Lord is. We pray about what the will of the Lord is. And He will make it clear what is His will to us if we're walking with Him where we should be and where we need to be. And if we have faith, if we have faith, praise God. So I want to run right over here real quick. I only have just a few moments left today to the book of Revelation. I told you I was going to mention Antipas. And uh, this is the church at Pergamos in Revelation chapter 2. <clears throat> I'm going to read, um, I'm just going to read the 13th verse. It says, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. This is your hour and the power of darkness. And this Antipas, the name Antipas means against everything. And I'm telling you, beloved, you can take my word for it. You can take the word of God for it. But during this time of apostasy in which we live, faithful people will be against virtually all of the beliefs and the deeds of society and of our culture. Because it has backslidden away from Christ and it has fallen. We are of another kingdom. We are not of the kingdoms of this world. We were born again into the kingdoms of Christ. To the kingdom of Christ. And so we of necessity, it will be some friction there between the true child of God and between the world. Antipas understood that his name meant against everything. He was against debauchery. He was against the wrong definitions of marriage. He was against filth, vulgarity, and wickedness. He was against drunken orgies. He was against against, against. Now we don't put any premium on being professional againsters and that's not what Brother Paxton's saying. And those of you that know me, you know that. But we are against some things. If it's against this book, if it's against our Jesus, if it's against our faith and our conscience, we must stand true to the Word of God in these last days. And in these ways, we can begin to redeem the time. We can begin to redeem the time and recover that which has been lost in us even. As every one of us has journeyed on our journey through planet earth, we have at times become jaded to the things of God simply by living life every day on this planet. But we can recover time in a sense. Can't ever get a minute back, but we can recover it in a sense by dedicating, by consecrating, by setting apart unto the Lord Jesus Christ in these last days. It says that Antipas was a faithful martyr. 
Not much is said about this man in the Word of God, but his memorial lives forever that he was faithful. He was a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, if that's all they can say about Brother Paxton when he's dead and gone, when this body is rotten and forgotten, if all they can say is, to his Jesus, he was faithful. That's the testimony that I want to have. And that's the testimony that many of you want to have as well. And so for the last couple of weeks, we've spent some time talking about, we talked about redeeming the time, and we talked about redeeming the time for the days are evil. And I believe that God is going to pour out a remnant revival. I don't believe it's going to be uh, all over everybody, but it's going to be on a remnant, and God is going to draw souls into the kingdom as never before. There's going to be a, a great ingathering uh, into the kingdom of God in these last days. And we need to be about the Father's business as never before. I hope that these two programs on this subject uh, has been a blessing and a challenge to your spiritual lives. And I pray that it has pointed you in that direction. That direction of uh, let's make our lives count for Christ. Let's redeem the time. Hey, the days are evil, but God wants to use my life. God wants to use your life, man. God doesn't want you on the sidelines. He doesn't want you in hopelessness or despair. He wants to use you to build His kingdom. And if you will ask Him by faith today and consecrate your life before Him, He will use you. So until the next time that you and I can come together, and gather around the Word of God, man, and just dig in like we've been doing. This is Evangelist Len Paxton saying, Go with God, and He will go with you. Bless you, man.